You are mighty, you are holy, you are faithful. Yes. You are wonderful. Yes. We bless you, we praise you, we magnify you, we exalt you. Thank you, Father God, for your loving kindness. Your everlasting love, wherein you've loved us. We embrace your love tonight. We thank you for your love. We bless your name for the power of your Holy Spirit that's upon us and within us. Thank you for your, for your presence in our midst. We praise you, Lord. We magnify you, Father. Thank you for the refreshing that comes from your presence. We receive it now. We thank you for it, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. Please take your seats. Hallelujah. Praise God. If you just go with me to Hebrews chapter 10. We are going to be teaching tonight from Hebrews 11. And from the 11th chapter, the teaching takes a different turn. All from Hebrews chapter 1 up to the 10th chapter, the writer has been trying to uh, establish how much more glorious the new covenant is when compared with the old. He compared the priesthood of the old versus the Melchizedek priesthood of Jesus Christ. He tried to establish how much more glorious Jesus' ministry is as compared to Moses. And on and on and on, just line upon line, precept upon precept for 10 chapters. So now, from chapters 11, 12, and 13, on the basis of what is addressed in the first 10, is beginning to now give us practical things as believers that you and I can do in order to, uh, to receive the manifestation of God's blessings. And in so doing, he's trying to help the Hebrew believers know, listen, you are being persecuted, you are going through trials and tribulations and things are tough for you. However, from this point on, Hebrews 11, he's trying to say to them, encourage them how to appropriate the blessings that he's been telling them about for the last 10 chapters. So now, let me just pick it up from chapter 10 in verse 38 as it begins to make the transition. So he says to them, Hebrews 10, 38, now the just shall live by faith. But if anyone draws back, my soul has no pleasure in him. But we are not of those who draw back to perdition but of those who believe to the saving of the soul. So that's how he closes chapter 10. So now, since he's telling them about walking in faith, in Hebrews 11 verse 1, it goes further to now define for them what that is like. Now mind you, the old Hebrew believers, the Old Testament saints, they look forward to the appearing of Jesus. They look forward to his coming. They had a promise that the Messiah was coming. So they lived every day in anticipation of what is to come. Now, in this book, in Hebrews now, these new Hebrew believers, they have seen Jesus is come and gone. So from this point on, they all looked forward to his coming. The new is looking back at what he came and did accomplished 
And on the basis of that saying, well, you know what? We believe in this God. You see what I'm saying? They looked to it. We looked, we looked back at it. Now, Hebrews 11.1 1 now is defining for us what faith is. He said, now faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. So immediately now in chapter 1, he says to them, now, now, presently, now, 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 faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So now he's beginning now to try to encourage them on how to walk in faith. And he defines faith for them. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, something that you are reaching out to, something that you are about to get and receive. Is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Now, this is critically important for all of us. In order for me and you to really, really enjoy the kingdom of God, we have to operate by faith. For by faith are you saved through grace. Microsoft has word, right? Apple has iOS. Is that correct? Samsung has Android. Is that correct? In the kingdom of God, the system is faith. It's just that simple. Anyone that will ever attain, receive anything from God must be by faith. So that's what the... Faith is the substance of things not seen. In the natural, if I want to see naturally, I use my natural eyes, I behold Rosie, I behold my wife, I behold Ibadi, be, with my natural eyes. But in the spiritual realm, if you are to see in the realm of the spirit, you cannot do that by your natural eyes. The only way to see things in the spirit is by faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. You don't have evidence of it. Physically, tangibly. You cannot hold it in your hands physically today. But by faith, you've seen it. You've trusted it. You've believed it. And by faith, you reach out for it. And in time, that which was intangible becomes tangible. Huge. Anyone that will function in the kingdom of God must have this operating system working in their lives. Now, so verse 2, he says, by it, what's it? By it, faith. By faith, the elders obtained a good testimony. So he wants them to know, listen, all these Old Testament sins that's about to list for us, all of them obtained a good testimony by faith. They had to believe God for it. They didn't see it. They didn't know it. But God said it, promised it, and they reached out and they obtained a good report or a good testimony by faith. Amen? So, verse 3 goes on to say, By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. Now, isn't that amazing? Not only does God want me and you to operate by faith. Hear this. This is huge. 
Not only is he asking me and you to walk by faith, he himself, God, demonstrated this in that when he created the world, he, God, also did it by faith. So God walked by faith in the creation of the earth. The things that are made visibly, the seas, the mountains, the plants, the kingdom, all of the things that were made were not made by visible things. They were made simply by faith as God released the world. It's awesome. Now, if you look at the, if you look at that word again, it says, uh, let, me, let me read it. It says, by faith we understand that the worlds were framed. Frame. That, that word frame is a technical word. It's a word that, a word that tech, uh, uh, bricklayers will use. Or construction workers. When they're building a house, they're framing the house. You see? So God is helping you and I know that there's an order in the creation of the earth. But even that order was ordered by faith. By faith. Step by step by step by step, the walls in which we live in were created by the word of God, but it happened by faith. So if the word of God by faith was able to create what we are looking at now, what would that word do for you? See, God is not, is not asking me and you to devise another method. He used his word and the world as we know it came to existence. So he's saying to you and I, by the same reason, if we, by faith, we use his word, we can create our own world. By the word of God, you can recreate your environment. You can order things according to the will of God in your life by the word of God. That's what God did, and that's the same power and ability through his spirit is giving you an eye to do the same thing. So now, he begins to now catalog for these believers all the various saints of the Old Testament. Verse 4, by faith Abel. Verse 5, by faith Enoch. Verse, uh, oh, okay, verse 6, I need to, I need to take a pause. Uh, there's so much to say about all of these guys. Time will run out. I just want to hit the highlights uh, in verse 6. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Two things I want us to see in that verse 6. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. It's impossible. We have to walk in faith to please Him. So without faith, it's impossible to please God. Then he goes on to say that he that comes to God must believe that He is. He is what? He's my prosperity, He's my healer, He's my restoration. Whatever it is that you need, whatever it is that you need, he is, is the generic term for that thing. He is my God. He is my Father. He is mercy. He is faithful. Whoever comes to God must believe that he is. Whatever it is you are coming to God for, you have to believe that God is that thing or is that person. 
to meet that need. Otherwise, why are you coming? You follow what I'm saying? That's the first part of that equation. Whoever comes to God must believe that he, God, is. Whatever that unknown quantity is, whatever that unknown factor is, God is it. It's your solution. It's your restoration. It's your prosperity. It's your healing. Whatever it is that you need, he is it. Number one. The second equation though, and that is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Huge. Not only must I believe that he is. Now, he's saying to me, I'm inviting you, bank, I'm inviting you, Marie, to seek me diligently. Ask and it shall be given. Seek and you're going to find. Knock and the door will be opened. But this is not just a casual observance. God wants me and you to seek him diligently. Jeremiah, I believe, chapter 29, verse 13, talks about how those that seek him with all of their heart will find him. So this is not just a casual. This is important. Yes, God is. But it's only is to those who diligently seek him. So you, you, the question then needs to be asked. Why does God need me to seek him diligently? He's made everything. He's provided everything. He's blessed me with everything in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. I mean, if these things are mine, why do I need to seek him diligently for them? Why? Why is God asking me for this diligence in seeking him? Why can't I just casually say, God, you know, mm, a new Lexus would be just right at this point. You know, it would be just good to get a new Lexus tonight and casually just get it. A new house, a promotion. I want to become the president of Russia. Something crazy like that. <laughs> Why? This is the reason, and this is important. You need to know this. The reason God wants you and I to seek him diligently is because it's through that diligence we get to know him. And that's what he's after. You see, you and I are after goods. Material things, satisfaction, blessings, and that is no problem for God. We are seeking after the things to make us more comfortable. Fine. Because God gives us good things to enjoy. No problem. But he's saying, as we make this exchange, as I give you what you want for your own good, do something for me. Get to know me. Spend some time with me. Become intimate with me. And the only thing, the only way man becomes intimate with God is desperation. <laughs> you need something? Oh, yeah. You stay on queue for three hours to get that thing. If they, they told you, when it's your, you get to that uh, door there, $1,000 is waiting for you. Hello? Three hours would be like two minutes. All you have to do is just get in queue. $10,000 after you, it's your turn. People will do anything. Do anything. But if I tell you to stay on the line for, th for three hours to get five cents, <laughs> you're going you to tell me bypass. I'll see, I'll see you later. Yeah. But when we have a need, you petition, you supplicate, you pray, and all through that time, God is saying, yes. Yes. 
It's not your prayer that's going to get, me, get you the goods. No. But through your praying, you get to know me. And that's what he wants. Intimacy, fellowship, relationship. Okay? So without faith, it's impossible to please God. But he that comes to God must believe that he is. And that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So my prayer for us tonight is that we will not just hear these nice words and hear this message and go back home the way we are, but rather that we should become more desperate for God. That we should long and yearn for more of him and willing to spend the time with him. Not because our time brings the goods, but because the time allows us to get to know him better. So again, it goes on. Verse 7, by faith Noah. Now, on Noah, let me just take a pause here to just show you how much, uh, how incredible this Noah was. From the time that God spoke to Noah to build the ark until the time he finished was 120 years. <laughs> if, if we add all of our ages here together, <laughs> I mean, can you imagine that? Can you imagine you are following the same instruction for 120 years? Every day, you are there making this ark, people coming, and, and, and not only that, in that time, it had never rained. Nobody, by that time, I had ever seen a drop of rain. So I can't just picture his neighbors are coming, Noah, what are you doing? I'm making an ark. Okay, what is that used for, Noah? I'm going to sail. What, what is sailing? So, so he almost had to explain every concept. And by the time he gets to the end of it, he must say, Man, this guy has lost his marbles. <laughs> and yet for 120 years, not only that, not only that, this man of God built an ark that he will get into, his wife, his children, and their children, and at the time he got the instruction, he had no kids. But was willing to trust God to make room and build something for those who are yet to come. The message there for us is very clear. We should not look at ourselves today and just live for this generation. We must be generationally thinking of those who God will bring into our lives for the future to come. And as a result of that, live by faith today. Because the faith we live by today, we sustain them tomorrow. Can you imagine if that guy had disobeyed God or had not, obeyed, or had not believed God? Not only will he have perished, but the future generations that was to come through him will have perished as a result of his disobedience. So I pray that God will help us, that we'll hear God, and not only that, that we obey whatever God has sent to us so that future generations that's coming will be blessed in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, uh, the last part of verse 7 says, okay, let me just read it. By faith Noah, being divinely warned of things not yet seen. That's amazing. Moved with godly fear, prepared an ark for the saving of his household by which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness 
which is according to faith. In other words, the, 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 the point that uh, piqued my interest there was that the Bible says it condemned the world, but it did not do so by what he spoke, but by his obedience. The people around him saw what he was doing and they became condemned. He did not have to open, open his mouth. He didn't have to say anything to those guys. They just saw what he did and they just walked away and said, wow. I, that's, that's, a tough, that's a tough order. I couldn't do that. So what I'm saying to us is, every day you guys live at home, at work, in the marketplace, in your businesses, wherever it is that God is sending you, your actions, your following God, your being godly, speaks louder than anything you could ever say in your mouth. You are the written epistle being read by all men. So be mindful of that. It's not just what you say that condemn people, but the way you live your life is a huge testimony. They may not agree with you. They may not say what to you, but they're going to go and say, wow, look at what that guy is doing. Amen? Amen. By faith. Noah, verse 7. Let's go on. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place which he would receive as an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. By faith, he dwelt in the land of promise as in a foreign country. Dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, they hears with him of the same promise. For he waited for the city which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. This man was absolutely incredible. When we call him the father of faith, indeed, he had to have been. God called him out. Told him to go to a place that he never, he's never been. Not only that, God did not even tell him where he was going. And then when he got there, now that's really what's amazing. The Bible said, he lived there in tents with Isaac and Jacob. As in a foreign land. Why? Because he was looking for a city whose maker and builder was God. In other words, after he got to the promised land, finally, Abraham never settled there. He lived there, yes. When I say he didn't settle there, I mean he lived in tents. This man was so wealthy, he could have built a palace. But he wanted to make a statement. And the statement was, I am here, but I'm not of here. I am in this world, but I am not of this world. I am looking for another world, another city whose maker and builder is God. I know I'm here. I know I'm prospering. I know I'm blessed. But I'm not going to pitch or put my stakes in the ground and be too comfortable here. This is only a temporary place of dwelling. I'm looking for a higher dwelling. By faith. By faith. Now, you bring that home to where we are. Many of us, many, many, many of us are not even living as people who is going to heaven. Wow. If God said tonight is heaven, some of us would go, please postpone it another three years. Absolutely. You'll be crying on your way to heaven. <laughs> Why? We have no faith. So many of us have so much investment in earthly things. 
We've dug stakes in the ground. My house, my car, my clothes, my whatever. On and on and on and on and on it goes. So if God is trying to get our attention that there's a more glorious place, we're going to say, please postpone it. Jesus, I love you, but not that much. Please, let me. If the truth be told, how do we know that? By the way we use the resources that God has given us now. Amen. Now, I'm not saying that to make anybody sad. I'm just saying that so we can have an inner reflection. What are our priorities? Because that's what Abraham is doing here. Even though he had all the goodies of life, his priority was, no, heaven. 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 I'm looking for a city whose maker and builder is God. And nothing, nothing, nothing short of that will, con- will make, me co- make me content. That's the way we should be. Now, if we are not like that now, and I can understand that, maybe you're just developing, you're growing in your faith, we need to get to that point. We had a meeting here last week, uh, last, during the week, uh, and uh, Ken Blanchard was giving a testimony, I may have shared this before, of this guy called Charlie Tremendous Jones. That's his name. And the guy had prostate cancer and was dying. And people were calling him to pray for him. And so Ken called him, and immediately Ken called him. He said, Ken, I hope you're not one of those guys calling me, praying for me to keep me away from, from my Jesus. I'm trying to go home because I'm praying for him to stay here. That was the guy's outlook. He said, no, don't pray for me. I've been living all this while to meet him. Don't pray for me to stay here. Now, I'm not talking about Jesus or Paul. I'm talking about a human being that lived in this realm in this century. So Cain said he told him, Charlie, when you get up there, let me know what it's like. And he said, Charlie said, oh, no, I won't tell you because if I told you, you commit suicide. <laughs> in other words, if I told you, you want to get there as quickly as possible and kill yourself. Those men, they've seen a city whose maker and builder is God. They are living beyond this realm. And I'm saying to us, Paul is saying to us through this writing, there is another realm, totally, completely, much more glorious than what we're seeing. But it takes faith to appropriate it. CNN will not tell you about it. National Geographic don't know about it. Discovery Channel, no way. It is only seen by faith. And for those who have seen it, they want to get there quickly. That's why Paul said, I'm hot between two opinions. I don't know whether to go or to stay. For me to die is gain and for me to live is Christ. Now, I'm, again, I'm not asking anybody to want to die. What I'm just saying to us is we need to get to the place where we trust God enough to see the realm where God is and thereby be able to live through that realm and have a fulfilled life obeying God and receiving the manifestations of God. Amen? Amen. So Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, they waited for the city which has foundations whose builder and maker is God. By faith, Sarah. Let me just move on here. Now look at verse 13. These all died in faith, not not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off, were assured of them, 
embraced them and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. Wow! For those who say such things, declare plainly that they seek a homeland. And truly, if they are called to mind that country from which they had come out, they will have had opportunity to return. But now they desire a better than this heavenly country. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. So he goes on, by faith Abraham, by faith Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau concerning things to come. By faith Jacob, when he was dying, blessed the sons of Joseph. Now look at verse 22. Verse 22. By faith Joseph, when he was dying, made mention of the departure of the children of Israel and gave instructions concerning his bones. Amazing. Amazing. What realm did these guys live in? Joseph was dying. At that time, remember, he lived in Egypt as a governor or prime minister or whatever you want to call it, in a, in a very affluent and prominent position. And yet, as he was dying, he left an instruction. God is going to take you guys out of here. He saw it ahead of time and said to them, don't bury me in Egypt. And when you guys go, when God finally takes you out, however long it takes, take my bones with you. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. And when you read Exodus, yeah, actually, actually, uh, when you read Genesis chapter 50, I don't want to turn there now, in verse 25, I believe it is, when Joseph died, they just embalmed him and left him alone. They did not put him in the ground. Because he left instruction that God is going to visit the Hebrews while they were in Egypt. And that one day, God will take them all out of Egypt to their own land and that they should carry his bones with him, with them when they went. So just picture for 400 years it will be 400 years later before this became fulfilled. 400 years. So the small boys, Hebrew boys, will see this coffin embalmed and they will ask their parents, what does this mean? Who is this man in this casket? Why have we not buried him? And they will say to them, don't worry. One day, we may be slaves in Egypt today. We may be under oppression today in Egypt. But a day is coming when God will give us our own homeland. And this man in this coffin has seen it, predicted it, and when that day comes, we carry the body with us. And that's exactly what happened. When you read Exodus chapter 13, can you imagine, just, just picture this, this, maybe it's just me, I don't know about you guys, but just connecting this dot just made, I, I was reading this, I said, God, God, you're too much. Mind you, when this was happening, Moses was not there. When Joseph gave this instruction, Moses was not born. But come the night of the Exodus, in Exodus chapter 13, Moses remembered to go and get the body and took the body out with him. Unbelievable. Oh, Father God, I just want to thank you. I thank you for your unfailing 
word. Your word can never fail. Lord, I bless you for your promises which are yes and amen. We receive the promises of God concerning our lives. Your word will never return unto you void. You hasten to perform your word. Thank you for your goodness. In Jesus' name. Amen. 400 years later, the man of God remembered. Joseph said this. His body is here. We must take him with us. And then in Joshua, they buried him. Genesis, Exodus, Joshua. Hundreds of years. Joseph said, I saw it. It's going to deliver us. Therefore, don't bury me here. What are you facing right now? What's the challenge in your life right now for which you think there's no solution? For which you think the end has come? For which you think God has abandoned you? If God waited 400 years to bring a word to pass, you don't think God can make his word come to pass in your life? With God, all things are possible to them that believe him. Absolutely. Yes and amen. There's no no in God. His promises are yes and amen. Oh, that blessed me when I read that. And so I just want you to hold on this, after, this evening. Trust God. If God brought it to pass for them, he will bring it to pass for you in Jesus' name. Amen. Verse 23. By faith, Moses. I mean, it's, it's just a catalog. Name after name after name. By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hidden three months by his parents. Because they saw he was a beautiful child. And they were not afraid of the king's command. Can I tell you something to know about fear? Mind you, when Moses was born, there was a decree that all the male Hebrew child, children must be killed. The decree had gone out in the line that all the boys must be killed. And Jochebed gave birth to Moses. And for three months, she did the unspeakable thing. Hid him for three months. Notice what the Bible just said. She was not afraid of the king's command. Can I tell you something about fear tonight? I pray it liberates you in Jesus' name. Fear is reality without Jesus. Did you hear what I just said? Fear is the reality, what is happening to you. It's real, yeah, it's real. But you're only afraid because Jesus is not there in you, with you. Because you don't sense the presence of God with you. What did David say? Psalm 23. Yea, though, I go through the valleys of shadow of death. What did he say? I will fear what? No evil. Why, David? That's the, that's, that's, that's the, change. That's the factor. That's the only equation. That's the, change. That's, the, that's the game changer. I will fear no evil. Why? For thou art with me. When God steps into evil, it becomes good. No matter what the evil is. No matter what the evil is, once God steps in, it becomes good. Yea, though I go through the valleys of shadow of death, I will fear no evil. It ain't, it, that was not a full stop. If God is not there, you better fear. But the reason you fear no evil is because thou art with me. Now, 
Faith is reality without God. The opposite is also true. Faith is reality with God. Faith is, the, is reality with God. This woman, even though the king who had resources to go house to house to house to check and inspect and make sure all the kids are dead, yet she was not afraid. Why? Because God had spoken. By faith, she trusted God. And then when she could not keep him any longer, what did she do? She built a bulrush, placed the boy in there, and put him in the river Nile. Do you know what, I, what, what kind of animals are inside the river Nile? river Nile? You think we have alligators in Florida? You go to the river Nile and see what's in there. Terrible crocodiles. But she wasn't afraid. She knew. She knew intuitively, by faith, that the God that brought that boy forth would deliver him. She put him there and then went and watched. Oh my God. He wanted to see her God in action. And to show you how God manipulates the affairs of men for his own purpose, Pharaoh's daughter was the one that found the boy. The very king who gave the decree to kill them, his daughter was the one that found him and took him on. I'm telling you, God is moving in your life to turn your circumstances and situations around for your favor and to his good in Jesus' name. All you and I have to do is just trust him and stand. Take a position and just stand. Trust God. Obey God. Follow God. With God, no matter where you are, you are a majority. Absolutely. Ah. Now, by faith, Moses, when he became of age, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he looked to the reward. So again, like mother, like son, he became of age, he chose to identify with the people of God. Now, let me just say this to all of us. Notice what the Bible says. In doing that, in making that choice to be called or to be with the people of God, in making that choice, he suffered affliction. What I'm saying to you and I tonight is our choices carry consequences. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Our choices carry consequences. Now, the assurance that you have, on the short term, you may look like things may be against you. But on the long term, I'm telling you, you you'll be so glad you made that choice. You'll be so glad you made that choice. You'll be so glad you made that choice. I just look at my own life and all of my peers, just about every one of them, when my wife and I were still courting before we got married, every last one of them, and, and, and I'm not saying this to, uh, to, 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 uh, to toot my own arms, it's, it's God. Every last one of them, all those guys we used to parry together with, all of them are dead. Am I, am I talking? The ones that are alive are messed up. Every last one of them. 
I mean, I'm not talking about one or two people. I'm talking about dozens. How did that happen? Choice. Choice. I made a choice to follow God by grace. They made a choice to remain in the world and party. Now, party was good. Oh, I enjoyed it too. Reggae, that's right. Oh, yeah, I was a Bob Marley guy. Oh, yeah. And Bob Marley still sounds good today. Yeah. But every last one of them, the ones that are alive wish they were dead. That's how bad it is. But when I left the world and told them I left, they laughed at me. They laughed. They said, you're crazy. You're going to miss this? You're kidding me? Yeah. So on a short term, the choices you make will carry some consequences. Maybe you're deprived of something. Maybe you give something up. Whatever the thing, I mean, whatever it is. But I'm telling you on the long, on the, on the, on the, on the long end, you're much better off it. Absolutely. No doubt about it. So I can see what happened to Moses here. Do you understand what it meant to be Pharaoh's son? Back in that day, the most civilized nation on the face of the earth, the heir apparent to the throne of Pharaoh, to the throne of Egypt, and he turned his back saying, I'm walking away from this. Why? I've seen something else. Or rather, I've seen someone else. Who are you seeing tonight? What is that tonight that is calling for your attention? That you are giving your time, your resources, your energy, your thought to? It's huge. Moses could not have imagined that by making that choice, he would become the mediator of the Old Covenant. There was no way, because at that time there was no covenant. There's no way he could have thought that by doing what he did, that God will ultimately choose him to lead his people out of Egypt. So I'm saying to us tonight, make godly choices. By faith. It may cost you right now, but it will, pay, it will work for you in the future. God helping us by his grace, through faith, we make godly choices. And so Father God, we thank you for our time tonight. We thank you for your word tonight. You said faith comes by hearing. And hearing by the word of God. And so, Father, in Jesus' name, I pray that every man and every woman who heard this teaching tonight, that they would encourage by what your saints of old did, how they stood, how they trusted you, believed you, embraced your word. And by so doing, they overcame circumstances. They turned their worlds right side up. And so, Father God, as they looked to your appearing, we look for your finished work where everything has been made and completed for us. And so by faith tonight, we, uh, we appropriate the blessings of God for every man and every woman. Lord, there may be some of us here that's going through circumstances, situations, trials, and tribulations. God, we are making hard choices and decisions. I pray, God, that we will not make a decision based on our emotion or our feelings, but rather, God, we will trust you 
And in so doing, Lord, by, in Jesus' name, we will find you to be a rewarder of them who diligently seek you. Thank you that while we are calling, you answer us. And you show us great and mighty things of which we know not. We bless you, we honor you. Thank you, Father God. We receive you. We embrace you. We count on you. We trust you. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you.